we interrupt our <laughs> tentative <laughs> season plan because everything is chaos. Yeah. Uh, this is, we should be clear, the Still the Parent Rap, a show about inexpert <laughs> parenting and trying to raise good humans in a complicated, occasionally coughing world. I'm Sarah. <laughs> and I'm Anna. It is currently March 10th. You'll be hearing this next week. And who knows what the world's going to be like next week. <laughs> but I spent the past weekend preparing our house for two working at home parents um, because my husband's their Zurich office has been mandated work from home and their Toronto office is currently still voluntary but sort of TBD. So we had to basically set up a second workspace in our house. And I know that that is not a totally unique situation. We're not the only ones who are sort of panicking about how is this going to work. So I thought we could talk a little bit about that whole deal and just the kind of coronavirus situation. And I know that everybody's freaking out and probably not everybody in the world wants to hear more about it, but sort of we're coming at it from the perspective of being parents and how this is going to work for us. Yeah. I think. And we should be clear, we're we're probably going to make some jokes, probably going to laugh a little. We're not making light of it like that. It is <laughs> is a weird situation. And yeah. some of us, me, use jokes to deflect, i.e. the amount of songs or poems or the litany against fear from Dune, which is 20 seconds long, uh, that I have collected for handwashing length because it makes me feel less afraid if I can sing a little bit of Lexus from Schitt's Creek while I wash my hands. <laughs> It's a nice thing. So yeah. we're not making light of the virus <laughs> at all. It's not that. I posted this on Twitter, but I love, love the cultural references for 20 seconds thing that's been going down because <laughs> it throws back so much to like antique recipes, which is another weird little niche interest of mine, where you would get, okay, now knead this dough for two Ave Marias. When you first start encountering them, you're like, oh, they were really weird and superstitious, weren't they? But no, it's a, it's a like well-known thing that people had memorized that they could recite at a basically standardized rhythm. Mm. So it was a timekeeping device. And so you're like reciting two sorry Miss Jacksons. Has <laughs> 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 a long cultural history. Yeah. And it makes it um, and it makes it fun. Or not fun necessarily, but less, you know, grim. The litany against fear is a good one because it's also thematically appropriate. Like fear is the mind killer. Um, anyway. <laughs> the the Lord's Prayer, one of our friends also oh, that's a good one. mentioned that that's like another one that a lot of people, even if you're not super religious, you might know that in your head yeah. as something you can site that's not just twinkle twinkle little star big big things to think about when we're talking about uh having kids in this particular setting thing number one so far knock on everything kids seem to generally be doing okay yeah unless you're dealing with a kid who has medical vulnerability if you already worry about breathing problems and that sort of thing keep an eye on your kid obviously um right. if you've got a kid who's medically vulnerable you're probably hyper vigilant anyway yeah you already know um, all this stuff like you <laughs> healthy kids are not they don't seem to be contracting it so the ones that are tested it doesn't seem to be showing up very often in kids under 10 and the ones that do seem to be catching it are not showing serious symptoms so your kids are probably fine but mm -hmm. as we know kids are disease vectors yep. <laughs> 
Um, so your kids can bring it to your household, the elderly people in your community, um, medically vulnerable people of all ages, that sort of thing. You don't have to be afraid that something's going to happen to your kids necessarily for the most part, but you do still need to be pretty vigilant about who they're exposing. Oh, we should also caveat, neither of us are medical professionals in the way that like a doctor would be. Anna does have like a lot of training in this, in working with people's bodies, at least. Yes. And I feel a lot better if I've read everything. No, not so much disease. Um, And I feel (laughs) a lot better if I've read everything published on something. So there's that. (laughs) But we are not offering medical advice. If you feel you are experiencing symptoms, please contact a medical professional. But that does, like, that that fact alone, when it became clear that, like, so far, it seems like kids in general who are not immunocompromised or medically vulnerable seem to be doing okay, that took so much stress off me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was Like, okay, Chips is a relatively healthy kid, you know? Yeah. Pretty much exactly, because like Graham um, rides the subway to and from work yeah. every day, <laughs> and so like you know we are taking measures. He changes his clothes and washes his hands as soon as he gets home and whatever. Mm-hmm. But like the idea that he would expose her and she would get really sick, I was I was having a lot of anxiety about that for a while. So this, yeah, yeah. it has taken a big chunk of like unbearable fear out of the mix for me. My spouse works in a pharmacy, um, yep. so he <laughs> interacts with people who are sick often. I was telling him what episode we were going to do, and he was he asked me to please announce that pharmacy technicians, which is what he does, are not allowed to give you medical advice. So if everyone could stop asking him <laughs> medical questions, that would be super great. He, he also works at a big box store, which has made yep. it because of the ways that people are reacting. Mm-hmm. That's been interesting. Even though, generally speaking, it seems like kids are healthy kids, not immunocompromised and not medically vulnerable, are doing fine. There is still a real conversation about um, large public gatherings being closed Mm -hmm. for other people's safety. And that includes things like schools and daycares or workplaces. Yes. So a lot of people are understandably kind of freaking out about what does it mean for my whole family to be at home all day, every day for an indefinite amount of time. Yeah. So you have the things like um, getting your house ready. Uh, We have been advised loosely by many people to like, if you have something pending in home repairs or something that you've been putting off, maybe get that done, that sort of stuff, so that it's just not on the plate if you can't Hmm. have somebody come in your house. The normal like 72 hours of emergency supplies is always good to have on hand anyway. Shelf-stable food, over-the-counter prescription medicines. Yes. Like those are the things you need to have backed up in your house as much as you can. But even in the places where they've had strict quarantines, so China and Northern Italy now and things like that, grocery stores and pharmacies tend to mostly be open. Um, So it's just a matter of what's there. Yes. And (laughs) more whether you have access to things like grocery delivery systems. Yeah. um, That's there are lots of options. Some are less accessible than others. The other thing that in this situation, um, if your water is drinkable today, 
your tap water is gonna still be drinkable. So you don't need a pallet full of water bottles. Yeah, the workplace closing thing is interesting. Neither my spouse nor I have a job that could be worked from home. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people don't. And so the question becomes financial at that point. If yeah. I am ordered not to work, we lose most of our income if I can't work. Because there are a lot of people who are suddenly realizing that a lot of capitalist work culture is extremely ableist. Like, mm -hmm. which I love to see, like it sucks, but I love to see people going, oh wait, making work more accessible if you are ill or if you are not able to leave your home is actually a really good thing. Well, I mean, the other big thing for families who are, you know, already more financially vulnerable is mm. when schools close, kids don't have lunches. No. Um, and sometimes also don't have breakfasts. Yes. So, you know, a lot of families really rely on school lunch programs. So if you know families in, in your scope who are facing that kind of situation, you know, keep that in the back of your mind as something that may become a very urgent problem very quickly. Yeah. Your local um, food banks would probably never, are never going to turn away help or a donation. But right now might be a decent time to start thinking about. Um, and you're, you're sitting other local government or whatever might also have stopgap programs mm -hmm. that are designed for, you know, things like emergency closures of whatever kind, but those kinds of programs might end up getting tapped out as well. Figure yeah. out what, if you've got something to spare, find out what you can share. Anyway, what kicked this topic off for me was somebody had posted on Twitter about preschools closing and being told they had to work from home and trying to figure out, oh God, what do I do with my toddler <laughs> so yeah. that I can still get a full day of work in because I sort of 50-50 work from home. I do have a little bit of, I have some ideas. Let's talk there about ideas. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's hard and I'm not going to pretend like I am as productive when I'm home with her as when I'm in the office and only around other adults. Right. <laughs> Just not. Uh, so to a certain extent, you need to build that expectation into your mind, I think, mm -hmm. that getting the same kind of dedicated focus time is going to be tough. What we do, partly because we sort of split time between her learning and my working, we trade off, we take turns. So, okay, it's mama's turn to work now it's time to play now it's whatever if I know I'm gonna have a long conference call I make sure there's an activity that we haven't done in a while <laughs> that she can do mostly independently and is quiet and she can do that by herself for a while um right. this kind of ties in with actually yeah. nicely our previous episode about screen time is not gonna probably not gonna hurt yeah. your child yes. any uh so yeah movies are a thing when my partner does work from home, we often trade off hours. He's got a call, so he goes to a quiet room and does the call, and we go play somewhere else so that <clears throat> we know she's not going to be interrupting him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hopefully, if your workplace is mandating working from home in a situation where that's not normal, one would hope there would be some flexibility of everyone is going through this. Let's all give each other a break. <laughs> But if but not, I do, yeah. you know, you know, I, I also, when I'm, when I'm on a call or something like that, I often, you know, yeah, Beans is going to be in the background. If you don't see me on the screen, it's because I'm handling her. I've got a Bluetooth headset on. <laughs> I can still hear you. And it's just a lot of stuff that I wouldn't necessarily have thought of until I started trying to do it. But it is something to, when you are suddenly faced with 
with a new thing like this and it is company-wide or job-wide or field-wide or whatever, it, it's worth it to remind everyone we're all facing this together. This is new. There's going to be some hiccups and some itchy parts. Mm-hmm. The big thing is everybody has to read their email. <laughs> yeah. Emails are important. <laughs> Don't just skim it. Read the whole thing. Yeah. Respond timely no Um, nobody likes getting 400 emails like nobody enjoys that but uh, come on we got to do it see also washing your hands it's not fun but you got to do it wash your hands and clean your phones yeah i know mine's so gross i'm sure that is that is one thing that i like when i was a doula when i came home from the hospital just as like standard practice regardless i took off all my clothes showered and cleaned anything that had been with me with rubbing alcohol there you go so take the case off your phone wipe it down inside and out wipe down the surfaces let it dry it takes like three seconds because alcohol evaporates immediately even if you only do it once a day (laughs) it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to use your filthy phone and then wash your hands and then go touch your filthy phone again yeah your phone's a dirty it's a dirty dirty beast (laughs) (laughs) one other thing with kids is if you're not even if you're not in a situation like it is unlikely that we will end up we being my spouse and my kid that we will end up really quarantined um, unless something drastic changes which is possible Um, what we are working on we have always been because children are gross i love them but they're (laughs) gross um, (laughs) filthy filthy chips has always come home immediately washed her hands and so i know at school because she has talked about it they have gotten a lot more proactive with antibacterial gel and Mm. wash your hands like wash your hands regularly they've done hand washing practice to to do it correctly um things like teaching your kids how to sneeze and cough appropriately how to wash their hands appropriately these are things that like are good life skills (laughs) beans is officially at the point where she understands she needs to cover up her cough yes uh but she will only do it with her hand (laughs) in in beans defense it sucks to sneeze into your elbow like it sucks well and she's still Um, in like she's still kind of in the bobblehead phase of her growth too so like getting her arm around her face is kind of tricky because <laughs> she's she's got a big head and little arms <laughs> but there is like there's a lot of practical life skills that during an outbreak of a virus like this are good things to reinforce if your kid yes. is a little older or start if you realize oh crap my <laughs> kid is not very good at washing their hands which is fine none of us are you have to learn it. It's a learned skill. If you've got the kid who likes to lick the playground equipment, maybe work on that. Oh my god. We are getting a lot more hardcore about length of time washing hands. Yeah. Especially me. I will say, I was not, I was a quick hand washer. I did not take the full time. I do now, mm-hmm. but I didn't. Well, I have, I have dry skin problems and eczema and stuff yeah. on my hands. Anyway, so does Jason. Yeah. So I am a, normally a pretty minimal hand washer because it dries my skin out really bad. And so like, is it worse to have dirty hands or cracked hands? Yeah. <laughs> I'm also I'm also a habitual face toucher. Oh god, yeah. People know this. I'm I'm a skin picker. Like one of the ways that I deal with anxiety, which is not a healthy <laughs> way, don't do this, is to pick at my skin if I have like a like a bump or anything. And that's super bad. Don't do that with your dirty, dirty hands. <laughs> so that's been yeah. fun. There's some so bot it's... on Twitter, I'm certain, that just every five minutes tweets out, don't touch your face. What are you doing? <laughs> it's not super present in my life anymore, but I went through a significant period of time where I was very agoraphobic. Mm. Um, I was wondering about that, if any of this was starting to ping that stuff for you. It is a little bit, yeah, because like we go to the store and I'm like, oh God, I'm touching everything. There are so many people, all of them are breathing on me. <laughs> and the the big 
dissonance there for me is that I genuinely love people. Like I like people. So it's always been really hard for me to simultaneously be afraid of them. And so being afraid of the people around me while everybody's telling me to be cautious of the people around me in a new way, I've had to really battle with that in daily life. Well, and it doesn't help Mm. that there are scary misinformation nodules spewing in every direction. Um, Yes. That kind of fear and that fear mongering and then letting that fear fester into genuine panic is more dangerous in many ways for for public health like panic is is a bad vibe panic is a virus and it's bad news bears yeah and we've had in my city there's been a lot of anti-asian racism Mm -hmm. um, that interestingly enough has not really affected the italian population that heavily Mm. um Go figure. I think it is bringing to light some some things that have kind of just been under the surface for a long time. Yeah, these are pre-existing. Yeah, it's just like now everybody has an excuse to be open about it. Yeah. Let's keep in mind that everybody's everybody's still a person. We all still live here together. <laughs> I'm going to link it because I haven't had a chance to really read it yet, except for just quick little excerpts of it. But mm. I saw an article, I think it was in the New York Times about basically wearing a face mask in America. Mm. But one of the things that got pulled out of it as a pull quote was, in Asia, you wear a face mask as sort of an acknowledgement that we all have to take care of each other. Mm. Whereas when she's been wearing one here, it makes people afraid of each other in in a weird way. With the trying to avoid misinformation or like, if you hear a wild story, maybe double checking it with a few reputable sources before you believe it. Yes. Um, that also applies again to your kids because your kids are, as we all know, sponges mm-hmm. and they're going to pick up information. They're going to pick up vibes, um, your emotional tenor. If you are yes. around your kids suddenly a lot more every single day, that's a good habit to get into is maintaining a sense of proportion. And Yes. Um, as, with, as with most sort of emergency type situations try to limit both your and their exposure to news let's not have it on playing repeat in the background because your brain can't differentiate between the panic you feel about the same news story a hundred times and a hundred different news stories you consciously might be able to understand that it's different but your body doesn't and for your kids especially little kids they don't have the context for that So their bodies are panicking every time and they don't know that it's not necessary. So like if you keep up with the news by all means, but set a dedicated amount of time a day. Yeah. It doesn't need to be on all day. It doesn't need to be something that you let yourself feed from your news feeds or whatever. (laughs) Turn off your uh, push notifications, that sort of thing, so that you you decide when to expose yourself to it and how Mm -hmm. to process it. As with, you know, most anxious stuff, If you have a plan, it's an action, and that helps your body process the fear, Mm -hmm. which is part of getting that anxiety out of you. Yeah. So that's part of why we kind—I kind of wanted to talk about this because 
being able to sit down and say, okay, if we all have to work from home, here's what's going to happen. Let's assume we might be exposed. If we are exposed and we get sick, then these are the symptoms to watch out for. Mm-hmm. So like you notice you have trouble breathing or something like that. That's when you call the ER to let them know you're coming. <laughs> yes. And that um, honestly, yeah. knowing knowing the difference between possible coronavirus and like it is allergy season in Oklahoma mm-hmm. right now. Everyone is everyone's immune systems are having a panic attack, understandably, because mm-hmm. every tree is blooming. Yes. They are not the same. But exactly what Anna said, having a plan, talking it through, knowing if this and this and this don't happen, great, then we don't have to worry about it. But we have thought through what we would do in that situation. Yeah. It gives, it gives your brain a place to put your fear mm-hmm. that it can just kind of flow. Instead of sitting there and percolating over and over and over and over. Mm-hmm. And another um, thing, I'm a big believer in in reframing a situation to make it push less heavily on all of my buttons. Mm-hmm. Um, and things like germs and sickness and, you know, social distancing and sneezing etiquette, framing those as, again, we are taking care of each other. I am trying not to make anyone else get sick. We are trying to keep each other healthy. If we go into quarantine, we are trying to protect people in our community from getting sick. That works a lot better for me than the idea of I have to protect myself from this invading force. Yes. Yeah. That's also a big one for us is that we are, you know, the steps we are taking now are not so much for us because as a as a household, we're pretty low risk mm. and we in our immediate household don't have anybody that we interact with regularly that is high risk but beans has some medically vulnerable kids in her daycare so we Mm -hmm. are being very proactive about if she has any symptoms we stay home um which is one of the other reasons that we are probably being a little bit more proactive about planning for not having daycare right because if we have any reason to think we are a vector point (laughs) we really don't want to expose those kids because it would be very dangerous for them to have this kind of illness exactly so it's it's not so much fear for us that has given us the the route to make a plan it's that we're taking care of each other yeah functionally sure it may be the exact same actions but for Mm -hmm. me for my anxiety and for trying to be a good example it always works to try and find a a frame that is more positive or more hopeful than yes uh, i am reading rereading a couple of books about the spanish flu the 1918 Spanish flu, which Good I was timing, Sarah. Well, I was rereading them anyway, <laughs> but one of the big one of the big lessons there's a really wonderful book called Pale Rider. Um, but it's fascinating talking about you know there are so many people who are drawing connections between what's currently going on and other pop culture examples of illnesses, social illnesses that that spread really quickly. People have talked a lot about the the U.S. government's response to like the HIV outbreak. Epidemic. This is a good time if you have the brain space for it to consider how your community and your area and your country respond to public health crises. A lot of times those are (laughs) defined by your community's beliefs about certain groups of people. And this is a decent time to throw up your hands and go, hey, I have a question. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I am, again, I am a person who deals with anxiety by learning everything I can. The more I know about something, the less nervous I feel about it. If you are not that way. I I personally have to curate very carefully. Mm -hmm. So I need to make sure that the the sources I allow myself to read are reputable Mm -hmm. um, and timely, but not a constant ticker. Mm. so not screaming at you yeah i don't get tv news i listen to a news broadcast 
once a day in the morning. I have <laughs> limited amount of time that I'm just scrolling on Twitter. <laughs> I have a curated list of people that are just people that I can look at and I don't have to be afraid of what they're going to post. <laughs> but like I just don't bring the whole scope of news into my world constantly because yeah, I need to I need to curate the information to make sure that it's good and not repetitive and not panicky. Yeah, please don't if you if you're seeking information, look to health organizations, reputable health mm -hmm. organizations first. The World Health Org has a clearinghouse of like relatively up to date um, stuff. I know there's one in Canada. Yeah, it's the Public Health the Administration, I think, of Canada. Yeah. PHEC. Rather than, yeah, stay off. Don't, don't get your information from Facebook. No. Friends, we love you. We love no. you too much to let you go explore Facebook unguided yeah. right now. Yeah. <laughs> there are, there are so many fascinating corners of the internet and, and you don't need to go there. You don't need to go there. You can stay, <laughs> stay on like the Reddit feeds that are about people doing nice things for each other and stay yeah. off the ones about conspiracy theories about origins of things. Just like <laughs> let take make good choices for yourself. We love you yeah. and we don't want you to be afraid and we don't want you to feel like you and your kids are are in an unrealistic situation. Yeah. The the takeaway right now is like take reasonable steps. Mm. Don't panic. Yeah. Be be cautious but not afraid. Yeah. We are not, you know, in really most of the world, <laughs> it's not an acute crisis at this yeah. point. It could develop into one, and in yeah, that case... It's, it's a little bit volatile. Yeah. So we want to, you know, minimize the impact of that volatility Yeah. as much as we can, which means wash your hands and your filthy, filthy phone. And it means decide your plans for mm -hmm. the situations you can think of. If you never need them, great. If you ever do, then you have them. And it gives your brain somewhere to yell to yes. let you go on with the rest of your day. Yeah, and the big plans are <clears throat> what if your family can't go outside for 10 days? What if your kids can't go to school for two weeks? And what if one person in your family needs to quarantine, basically? Mm -hmm. So, you know, the the best situation is you have a room that they can go in and a dedicated bathroom that is just for them and you drop food at the door and they wash their own dishes in the bathroom like that's that's ideal in-house quarantine mm -hmm. um if that's not possible for you which it isn't for a very many people again it's just like minimizing contact at that point if you are a parent you need to make sure that your kids have food medicine if you're breastfeeding you don't need to worry about transmitting as far as we've seen through breast milk but you know if you are showing symptoms that is a great time to wear a mask wearing a mask if you're breastfeeding so you don't sneeze on your baby is one of the things that has come out if you have a trusted medical professional who has a level head on their shoulders now is not a bad time to reach out to them and ask them if yeah. they have recommendations if you don't have a trusted medical professional which many of us don't then national and local organizations that are reputable are good places to look you know i'm really glad you're going to link the litany against fear because <laughs> i feel like that's the best one <laughs> it's a good it's a good one you don't like, have to have read dune for it to make any sense i mean you yeah. can if you want to but you don't have to those are those are our takeaways this is our rambling chat 
about our feelings and our plans and our advice for you as our listeners and friends. Um, I do have a parenting triumph to share before we say goodbye. We got Beans one of those little, you know, the like standard Ikea chair that's just like a bent wood with a seat kind Mm -hmm. of a cushioned seat and they have a mini version of that so she got her own special lime green chair that's set up Mm. in her room next to her little bookshelf she put it together herself Mm. we we taught her how to use an allen key to assemble it um (laughs) so she she built her chair and now she has her very special little reading nook in her room which makes the required hour a day of rest time where she doesn't like to nap it's much more pleasant she sits in the chair with her doll and reads books to her i bet um, she really and like having her build it herself was a good idea yeah she just it kind of just happens sort of spontaneously because she does like when we're assembling stuff she likes to watch and like hand us tools and stuff mm-hmm. we're like you know this really literally has six bolts you can do this so we just showed her how to do it. And, like, we had to do the last crank to tighten it all the way. But for the most part, she did it herself. It was pretty cool. Um, we went to, first week of March, um, we went to Chips's school's art night. They have different nights throughout the year. They have, like, a math night where you go and it's all math games and stuff like that. And this month was art night. My spouse had had kind of a rough day at work. So he came home and we tried to, like, marshal our let's be in a good mood and let's go do this and it'll be fine and whatever and we got there and had of course had a blast um chips has <laughs> many times stated her intent to be a artist when she grows up <laughs> and um so they had all kinds of events there's several companies in norman and probably everywhere that do the wine and painting classes like you come and there's an instructor telling you how to paint a picture and you end up with a picture at the end of it one of their instructors came and did a couple of those classes minus the wine for the kiddos. So Chips has a painting of a llama that she did hanging in her room. Um, I love it. Yeah, they also had, which I thought was deeply cool, the kids picked a few items that they were especially proud of that they had made and put them on a on the wall as a gallery and then you could buy their work, which I thought was a neat little like, Chips got to show off what she was proud of and then we got to purchase it, which gives it an external validation of value which is kind of yeah um but they also had some some local artists come and like chips did a screen printing like a mini screen printing thing and a really cool yeah it was really really neat and it i love those events because we get to see the community of her school a lot more i don't like because i don't volunteer in the school proper i don't see the parents very often or or anything but we got to meet the parents of several of her friends and people were it was kind of interesting and people were doing social distancing they were standing not as close together as you might otherwise yeah but were pointedly also not ignoring each other and we're trying to to keep this aspect of normality like this is still a normal thing we're going to enjoy this we're going to watch our kids paint and it's going to be great <laughs> uh so art night was a big success the only thing we missed was face painting so i promised that we would get her face painted at medieval fair if they do medieval fair this year mm. that's one other thing the canceling of public events which i totally get is a bummer sometimes yeah especially Even if, if it's the stuff that's like family traditions family traditions and things are rough to lose yeah or if they are a major source of your income that yes obviously obviously sucks um that's something that's a weird little plan that you could do if you would have gone to a con like a convention Mm -hmm. and bought items from the artists or creators that are there 
and that convention has been postponed or canceled, it's worth looking up who was going to go and seeing if they have items. Yes, absolutely. To help offset. And a lot of a lot of people I've seen who have had to cancel appearances at things from everything from like Comic-Con to book fairs mm-hmm. have a lot of people have posted like they'll still sign things for you and that kind of stuff so you can still kind of support those people it's another <laughs> way to, to try and take care of your community during yes a stressful time that may not be immediately obvious like i wouldn't have thought of it you can find me on instagram and twitter at anna b carrie and you can find my newsletter and more about me and my work at anna and you can find me on twitter at cyrano that's c-y-r a-N-O-H underscore. <clears throat> and you can find the Parent Wrap at parentwrap.net and on Twitter and Insta under parent underscore rap. You're doing great. It's probably going to be okay. We love you very, very much. We'll see you take soon. Care of, yep, take care of each other. Wash your hands. And your filthy phones. <laughs> we'll see you soon. is Hum OK by Gablay off their album La Soc de l'Enfait and is provided free with attribution for which we're very grateful. Please excuse my pronunciation of the album name. You can find Gablay at www.gablaybulga.com. That's G-A-B-L-E-B-O-U-L-G-A. 